Good to see you this morning. Um, I was fine, ready to preach until Mike is saying Jesus loves me, which just tears me up inside. When my kids were little, that was the song. And my daughter, it's kind of funny, when she would, was little, little, she would stick her arm out and say, Mommy, will you sit with me? And that meant I had to rub her arm until she fell asleep. And I would rub her arm and sing Jesus loves me. Now my son, this was awesome, his, his way, he would like little, like two, three years old, he would just like play with my hair. And then I'd sing Jesus loves me till I fell asleep. <laughs> worked out great, worked out great. It's good to see you all this morning. Happy Mother's Day to all of the women here at Life Church. Um, if we haven't met yet, I'm Tina Pavey, one of the pastors on staff. I work with the next gen pastors at all of our campuses. It's a blast. Um, we love uh, helping bring up the next generation. Amen. Amen. Uh, I do want to tell you uh, to all the women, I want you to understand that Life Church. Um, on behalf of Mother's Day, on behalf of you, um, you probably already know Life Church takes an unapologetic stand for life. We believe that every life has the right and deserves the opportunity to live. Amen? Amen? So, on behalf of all the women of Life Church, a donation has been made to pregnancy centers in Noblesville. <clears throat> So just a little bit about me. I've been at Life Church uh, about 19 years. Um, I, my husband, Troy, and I will be married 29 years in June. I know. One of us doesn't look any different. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's you. You look exactly the same. Um, <laughs> Uh, we have two children. Uh, my oldest, uh, my daughter, is 26. She uh, married my son-in-love, Blake, uh, in 2021. Um, I have to tell you, as a mom, pray for your children's spouse now. Now. Because God is faithful. He has answered our prayers. I love this kid. He is, like, he checks the list. Um, and so God has been faithful to answer that prayer, so I'm now praying for my other child's spouse. But um, my son, Benjamin, is 19. Some of you know him from being here. Um, and so he's a joy, too. And then, of course, we have our newest addition, which I would do the Lion King. He's going to be here at 1145. And I'm like, maybe I can do the Lion King thing and just hold him up, and you all can, like, oh! But um, our... My, our first grandson, Easton, is 10 months old, and that is a whole new level. People said, wait till you're a grandma. Just wait till you're a grandma. It's so different. I'm like, okay. Y'all, it is amazing. It's so wonderful. Um, and I didn't post pictures. I should have. I, give me my phone. Like, I'll just scroll. I'm just kidding. I won't actually do that. But, um, but I will after, if you come see me, I will gladly scroll through all the pictures for you. He's a joy. Um, well, so Mother's Day is not just a day to celebrate moms, but to celebrate the one who created motherhood. God knew what he was doing. The author of life came up with a process for bringing life into the world. He designed women to be nurturers who protect, guide, and love children as an image of how he protects, guides, and loves us. And it is through a mother that he chose to deliver to us our deliverer. 
It's the beauty of motherhood that can make this day very emotional. Some of you in here might be mourning the loss of a mother. Please know my heart feels that for you. Some of you uh, are mothers, some of you are grandmothers, and navigating this transition of, of young adults and empty nest, and, and that's a wild ride. Some of you are here, you're currently expecting, and you have new life budding within you, and we are so excited to celebrate that with you. And some of you are in here um, hoping to be a mom, desperately wanting to be a mom, and God hasn't quite answered that prayer for you yet. Our hearts are here with you too. So no matter where you are as women, the mantle of motherhood is on us because some of us are spiritual moms and we mother in, in similar ways, but maybe not to biological children. But that mantle is placed on us because the Lord has mandated it. So I'm going to start with defining motherhood. What is a mother? We believe in simplicity here at Life Church, and we believe in science. So half of you are going to be ruled out of this definition, because to be a mother, you must in fact be a biological female from birth. Amen. So I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. <clears throat> God has made us different. He's made us different on purpose. Men, you are made the way you are made for a purpose. Women, we are made the way we are made for a purpose and we don't need to apologize for it. And no, I don't care how you dress up, a man can't do it better. <clears throat> so, now that we have that straight, I could just, setting things straight really could take the entire service, but, but we'll just stop there. Um, a biological female parent, especially one of the human race, a woman who has born a child, a son or a daughter, a mother to adopt a son or daughter. And this is from my heart, a female who pours her heart and soul to the raising up of other humans. She will identify with this these other humans to the point of forgetting herself. She will sacrifice food, water, sleep, socialization with others, and even the standards she has set for the habitat, <laughs> for the growth and maturation of these souls. She will put herself last in many ways innately as the right thing to do to produce a good life for those that she's been asked to steward. She will cry for sad and happy reasons, and she will pray. And she will pray for those souls like she's never prayed before. She will pray for their safety, for their emotional health, for their mental health, and she will pray more than anything that these souls will know and love their creator and that they will have accepted an eternal home through the name of Jesus. There is a charge given to women a woman who exercises care and tenderness toward another or gives parental advice, also known as this woman has been a mother to me, the spiritual mom. So why does mothering matter? Why are we going to talk about this? Men, I'm going to encourage you not to check out, to stay tuned, because there's a lot of this that's for you too. But you are also going to be asked 
to charge a blessing over women at the end of the service today. Genesis 1, 27 through 28, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. That was it, male and female. And God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I'm happy to let the dominion over the fish of the sea to my husband, because they're gross. <laughs> Honey, can you take the fish off the hook? <laughs> That's how it goes at my house. Um, but in that, we have the word, word fruitful. To bring forth, to make, to grow, to increase, and multiply. To increase, bring up, many more, gather, yield, nourish, process. Being fruitful and multiplying is a process of reproducing, not just biologically, but spiritually. In Matthew 28, we see a similar call. In 18 through 20, Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. There wasn't any authority that wasn't given to Jesus that God the Father had. And God the Father said, be fruitful and multiply. And Jesus said, go and make disciples. The same authority that told Adam and Eve to reproduce tells us to reproduce. Amen? We have a command through the Apostle Paul in a letter to Titus on how to instruct the church to function. And we're going to get to that in just a second. If you want to go to Titus chapter 2, you can. But we know that mothering happens in all kinds of forms, biological sons and daughters, fostering, adopting, guardianship, grandparenting, so many grandparents helping raise children. But today I'm going to talk to you about the vision of Life Church. Can anyone recite it? Well done. Well done. We should have had prizes. Fathering sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. Now what we can assume and insert there is mothering sons and daughters into the kingdom of God as well. It's just a lot on a vision statement. <laughs> but women, we're, we're included in that. Spiritual mothering is a mandate that we have from the Great Commission. If you look at Titus chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. We're going to go through 1 through 5. As for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. So yes, men, there is a charge for you today. And even though it's Mother's Day, we're still going to let you have it. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. But men, you are called to be sober. Sober-minded, but you're also called to be sober. You are called to be dignified, be honest, and be honorable. You are called to be self-controlled, safe, with a sound, sound in mind. 
moderate as to opinion or passion, discreet, sober, and temperate. Men, you hold great power when your voice is raised, when you feel passion. A lot of times you can feel that in the air. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been with someone and you're like, whoa, you can like physically feel it, right? So you men are asked to wield that with control. Where Jesus says the meek will inherit the earth, meek means power under control. It's not a laying down of power. It's choosing to use it wisely. All right, women, verse three. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. (laughs) Is that funny? (laughs) I don't know which part. We'll break it apart and get there. We are to be reverent in behavior. We are to be pursuing holiness. And so if you're already like, just give me the lemonade, like I gotta go, like that's a wash, right? Here's what you need to know. You are already made holy in Jesus. He's righteous, he's holy, he's the perfect one. And, he, and that, that is imparted on us through what he did at the cross. So we walk in perfect holiness. We walk in perfect righteousness because of him. But that doesn't mean we say, well, Jesus is the perfect one, so I'm just gonna slack off. No, we, we, we move to the call. You walk up to the call. You move and you grow to what you were already called. That identity in you is what we are supposed to walk out. That is our sanctification, amen? Not slanderers. I looked up slanderer. And the word that was next to it was diablos. Satan is a false accuser, a devil, a slanderer. Women, we are not to partner with him. We are not to slander one another. We are not to slander others in the church. We are to lift one another up. Mothering, in case you're wondering, is not a cakewalk. And so sisters, we need to rally around each other. We should be lifting one another up with with encouragement and prayer. Slandering, gossiping, that is partnering alongside with the enemy. I'm gonna choose a camp that's a camp of life, a camp of love. And that's how we are called to operate by God in his word. They should not be slaves to much wine. <laughs> Again, I, there's, we gotta have a conversation. Um, being in bondage to wine destroys confidence and moral authority. Now I'm gonna have a real temptation to get on a mommy soapbox here. I won't, but I have to throw up some caution flags about mommy wine culture. It's a thing, it's a very popular thing. And I just encourage everyone who enjoys that just to consider how often are we parenting under the influence? I'm just gonna leave that there. It's in the word. Let the Lord do what he will. Continuing with verse three, they are to teach what is good and train the young women to love their husbands and children. They have to be trained to love their husbands and children because it's not always easy 
Can I get an amen? You saw the video, right? <laughs> but they have to be trained to love husbands and children, not with an idea of reciprocity. It's not, well, my husband doesn't do that for me, so I'm not gonna do that for him. That's not how we roll, right? We choose to love our husbands and love our children selfishly because it's a call of God on us. Verse five, be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. Now we don't usually push back on the idea of being self-controlled and being pure. Right, we, we kind of understand those. But working at home and submissive to husbands is a little countercultural to 2023. I personally can attest to this. I went to my first Bible study as a non-believer. First Peter chapter three, I had some problems. Wives, submit to your husbands. I looked at the women in that room. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. What is all this? But the Lord took me on a journey of showing me that submitting to my husband was an attitude of my heart. It's my heart. Can I lay my heart before him and submit? That's not a question, don't answer that right now, sorry. <laughs> just, just smile and wave. <laughs> it's a process, right? We're all being sanctified. But working at home, being submissive to our husbands is something we have to be taught because it doesn't come naturally. It is counter, not just cultural, but to our sin nature too. Now women, we do have a really cool mandate. We have a mandate to build a home, not a house, but to build a home. Now chores are there, although I have to say, I've never saw anything in the Bible that said, that the husband shall moweth thy lawn, while the wife shall clean thy toilet. It's not in there. Seems to play out that way. I'd rather ride on a tractor, I'm just saying, but it's fine, it's fine. We're not gonna air that out. It's fine, hi, smile and wave. <clears throat> but we have the honor of building the home. Habitat for Humanity that builds houses for underprivileged families, their definition of home is a safe haven and a comfort zone, a place to live where families and pets and, and enjoying friends, a place to build memories, as well as a way to build future wealth, a place where we can truly just be ourselves. I just wanna know if anyone, any other women in here are looking forward to the afternoon nap later at home, right? But here's the thing for women, we are always daughters. No matter where we are on the mothering spectrum, we have the mantle of mothering put on us, but we are always daughters. We are daughters of a king and we have all had a biological mother. So we are daughters. And so the, the thing that has put on us as daughters is to be teachable. When we're not teachable, there is not a lot of room for God's work. I was just teaching the teenagers on Proverbs chapter four, where it said, get wisdom. Wisdom doesn't just come, you have to get it, which means you have to be willing to listen to people who know more than you, even when you don't like what they're saying. That's being teachable. Speaking of teachable, it is my honor, you guys, I have such a gift for you. I've been at Life Church for a long time. I've worked with a lot of young adults and teenagers. 
And I have the privilege of introducing to you the most teachable spirit I have ever come across during my time here. Would you guys help me welcome Lily Ladd from our Fishers campus. Hi, Miss Lily. Hello. Good to see you this morning. Good to see you. You excited? Yeah. Excited to share? Yes. Yes, good, okay. So Lily, why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Lily Ladd. Um, I have been going to Life Church Fishers for about 10 years now. Um, for the first few years, I didn't go consistently. I had some issues with being a little bit nervous about getting involved with the community and feeling kind of like I maybe had too much baggage or might have been a little bit too broken, but um, I found out that wasn't true. And in 2019, I, uh, I went to the women's conference and really had a change of heart. And then I started interning with Pastor Tina. That's what it is. When you start volunteering and interning, it's all she wrote. Yes. <laughs> um, so tell us about your journey with the church, Lily, because that hasn't always been great. Yeah, I think I just um, always had a little bit of anxiety with getting involved and, uh, you know, having other people in my life to really pour into me really helped me to want to get involved and kind of held me accountable. Um, but it really helped interning with you, you know, it really helped um, make it a little bit easier to keep being more consistent and showing up and um, really starting to walk in my ministry and find my gifts and stuff like that. Um, you really took the time to get to know my personality and, you know, like what makes me tick and what, you know, really, you know, um, just my gifts and how I will be able to use those in the ministry is really important to me. Yeah. Well, all that makes it sound like I really knew what I was doing. <laughs> which, which, but what is the thing, Lily, you've told me, you said out of all the things that we've talked about, all the things that have happened, what was it that you needed the most? I really just needed somebody to bounce ideas off of and to be able to just kind of like word vomit too. You know, I knew that if you were there and you sat and listened to me. Does anyone resonate with word vomit, by the way? You know what we mean by that? Like Just women? like pouring yes. my heart out and yes. like coming to that aha moment. Sometimes you like, I know you would be sitting there and you're like, I didn't really have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just come up to with, you know, the solution to my problems and, you know, walk away and, and kind of know where I'm going. Yeah, I honestly... So with Lily coming in so many times, like I just, I'd have my coffee and sit back and she would just talk and I would just listen. I mean, there was times where you did have to give me some uh, rather blunt advice or kind of show me what I need to blunt. hear. Yes. There it is. I noticed it didn't come up for a service. Lily's like descriptor of me is blunt. No. So, sorry to all of everyone. <laughs> I mean, there's just times where you have to hear advice and it might not be the advice you want to hear, but it's the advice you need and it ends up, you know, changing your life, you know? Teachable. Amen? <laughs> Lily did everything I ever asked her to do. The journaling, the reading, the praying, the ask, answering hard questions. Never blinked an eye. Never didn't do it. Just teachable. Yes. I love it. So, um... What made, so you have an amazing mom. Her mm -hmm. mom is Mimi Cheney, if you know her from Fisher's Campus. You have an amazing, wonderful mom who loves you, who you love. Mm -hmm. But you had other voices in the church, other women who spoke into your life. What made those voices so powerful? I think the thing that made it the most powerful is that it, it was, you know, unbiased advice that came from someone with an outside perspective, you know, somebody that wasn't 
at the epicenter of my life and going through all the motions with me, you know, you were able to take an outside perspective and tell me, you know, like, I think this is what you need to do or this is what God's telling me to mm -hmm. tell you to do. And, you know, it, it just made it a lot easier to kind of navigate through some of the trials of my life in the last couple of years, um, you know, and just to have a different perspective, honestly. Yeah. How many of you know you can tell your kids something like five times, right? And then they'll come home from church and be like, oh, guess what so-and-so told me? And you're like, seriously? Like I've said that like five times, but they don't hear it the same. It happens all the time. So um, the other thing um, about that is as a mom, we have to welcome other voices into our kids' lives. And that can be a challenge too, right? So it's okay to have conversations and, and kind of vet that out a little bit. But I do tell you, so my kids both grew up in the church. They're both pastor's kids. So the assumption with pastor's kids is, well, they don't need another voice because their parents are pastors. So surely they've got it all together. <laughs> but I would approach, like, I would ask people, can you pour into my daughter? She needs another voice besides me. Can you pour into my son? He needs other voices besides his dad. Not because we're awful people, but just because there is a perspective that's different because as a, as a biological parent, you're all in it right? And so sometimes it's helpful to allow those outside voices. Now, it's okay to come around that. And so, so what did they tell you? Do we agree with that as a family? What does God's word say, right? Like you have to be involved. But at the same time, sometimes we have to be a little less territorial, right? Mama bear can sit and watch. She doesn't always have to growl, right? So, Lily, how has uh, the, the spiritual journey with the women in your life, how has it shaped you to who you are today? I mean, I think it's definitely helped build my confidence, especially with my confidence with walking in the ministry, knowing what my calling is, you know, um, how God has anointed me. You know, it's been really important having you and I, another spiritual mom I have is Jamie Coleman, just really mm -hmm. pouring into me and showing me, you know, what my you know, special qualities are that are going to be used in the ministry one day. And it's just really exciting. Um, I think it's also pushed me to come out of my comfort zone. I'm very introverted um, and to just be part of the community has been awesome. And you, you guys have always pushed me to do that since day one. But it's also helped me to be, you know, a better wife and a better friend. Um, you know, like you said in your sermon, raising us to be really good wives and daughters. It's really important. Um, and has kept me in the word to make sure that I'm, you know, being a good woman in 2023. Um, and something that you always taught me is how to kind of zoom out and look at my perspective, you know, from far away. It's hard when you're in the trials and you're in the middle of a storm to kind of see how much progress you've made. But if I zoom out and like look back from where I was, you know, back in 2019 or even further, like it's just crazy to see the growth that's happened. How did I say that? That was yeah. good. Okay. I think I wrote it down somewhere. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Log that away. I'm going to write that down so I remember to say that again. Good. Um, so last question. Uh, well, we've got two more questions. How did you get connected to women? Because how did you find, like, Jamie, me? Like, like how did... Well, Jamie just kind of walked up to me and said, you're, you're my bonus daughter now. And I was like, okay. Um, huh. But, you know, just kind of being able to do youth group together. Would you, you know. call her blunt? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, she, she's pretty it's good at sugarcoating too, though. But um, <laughs> yeah, we. She pulled first. She pulled my husband Matt into youth group, and then I started going. And um, I went from being in the sound booth, not wanting to talk to the teenagers and being really intimidated, to now leading small group and having a great time. And um, I also have gotten involved through, you know, internship and VBS, as well as we just recently started attending the herd. Um, and that's kind of been healing for me to have friends my age. I didn't really go to youth group, so this kind of feels like, you know, a great thing to do now with our lives and get connected even further. Yeah. You know, um, we say often the enemy wants to keep us in isolation, right? So if you're like, how do I get, get connected with a spiritual mother or a spiritual daughter? Well, if your church life is isolated, it's going to be really hard for that to happen. If you come in Sunday, sit down and leave, and then come back Sunday, sit down and then leave, and come back Sunday and sit down and leave, you're not going to have connections where you can grow in your walk alongside other women or men for you know, those life groups too. So you have to get plugged in. Like there's some of you sitting there now, I'm telling you there are teenage girls on Wednesday night that need your voice. You've been through things that they can relate to and they need you. There are teenage boys that need godly men to come alongside and just throw the football with and, and talk to. Whether it's in kids ministry or you do a freedom group, whatever it is, you have to put yourself in a position to be mothered or to be a mother. It can't happen any other way. So you ha church community has to be a part of that. So Lily, the last question, where are you today right now? Um, so right now, you know, we've been really focused on getting in part of the community, but another mm -hmm. thing that we're trying to do is to continue to mother and father into the kingdom by having our own children. Um, we have been trying to have our own children for about three years now. So Mother's Day has always been a little bit tricky for me. I know last year I skipped out on all the services because it was just a little bit too hard. Um, but this year I've spent a lot of time focusing on accepting that God's plan is going to be way better than mine. That if I were to receive everything I wanted right now, I probably wouldn't even know what to do with it and I'd probably waste it. Um, so accepting that his plan is better, even if that means not being my biological mother ever. I could be a foster mother or an adoptive mother um, and that's still just as important. I think mothering at its core is ministry. Um, so it's super important to just remember that God's plan is so much better than ours. And I will give a little bit of a testimony. Last year, Matt and I went and got some testing done and we were on our way and um, we had Caleb on like usual and the song Just Haven't Seen It Yet by Danny Gokey came on and we were like, oh, that's, you know, that's a really fitting for this time. And then we were in the middle of a test and I was having an ultrasound and they really, I said, is there, is there anything in there? And the nurse goes, you know, not yet. Um, and then in the car on the way home, the Caleb word of the day was announced as yet. And we had to pull over the car. We were crying and so happy to know that God had just put that word on our lives that it's not a never, it's just a not yet. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that could look however the way God wants it to look. And I'm willing, you know, Matt and I are really excited to see where that leads us. Amen. Amen. Don't you love her faith? Praise the Lord for it. Thank you, Lily. I know that you now have a church community believing with you and Matt. Um, I had the honor of marrying them. Was it three years ago? Three years in August, three yeah. Three years in August. I got to marry the two of them at Potter's Bridge. It was a lovely day. 
Um, so yes, if you join in partnering in prayer with Matt and Lily, um, but there are others here. So Lily, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Can you give her another hand? If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.